Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. <laughs> I don't know, it's me, Stampy. Or Autistic... Fuck, I haven't gone by Stampy in forever. Where'd that come from? It's the Autistic Cowboy, Colby, whatever you want to call me. That dude. How's everyone been doing? I hope great. Because uh, here in the United States, things are not fantastic at all. Especially here in Texas. That's what happens when uh, your leaders suck. And then go, sure, open up the states. It's fine. Open up. Open it up. We're over this virus, despite no indicator whatsoever showing that we're over this thing. Oh, what do you mean we're at record levels? What do you mean we're... <laughs> the, the, the hospitals in Dallas are overflowing. Who could have predicted that? Everyone! God fucking damn it. I hate... <laughs> Oh, they pissed me off so much. It's a fun time to be alive, ain't it? Just all kinds of BS. They're not really covering the riots and stuff anymore. Or protests and stuff anymore, but I think they're still happening. See pictures from time to time. The police still suck, so that hasn't been fixed. Black lives still matter and will always matter. Breonna Taylor's murderers still have not been arrested Such a, such a fun time. It's very depressing. Very, very depressing. But let's not talk about depressing stuff at the moment. Otherwise, this show just becomes uh, incredibly hard to listen to. It's probably not easy to listen to at the beginning. To begin with. Especially when I can't fucking talk. So what do we got? What do we got going today? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm going to name this episode. PS5 is still ugly. My God, the PS5 is still ugly. Apparently, so they're they're gonna do something in August to show off more stuff. I'm guessing that's where we're gonna get our price. Maybe release date. Maybe if we don't have a price or a release date by August, it's either not coming out or it's free. Uh, I don't know. One one or the other. Jeez, <laughs> I'm still mad they didn't have a price at the end of that last reveal, that last event that they did. Maybe we'll get some. Uh, release dates on those games as far as we know the only game that they showed that had like a release window at all was spider-man miles morales the ratchet and clank game didn't have anything what is the ps5 gonna launch with i mean at the moment in terms of confirm confirmed games coming with it at launch it's got just as many as the xbox and at least the xbox series x has halo which I'm excited for. Not that I don't love Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank is... Oh, fuck. No, that's not confirmed. Not much that I don't love Spider-Man. Spider-Man's awesome. I'm all for that. I just... They want to do all that talk about exclusives. Well, I mean... When it, in the, when it comes to launch, it matters what you launch with, not what it's going to have later on. Especially if you're going to be charging stupid amounts of money for it, which they probably are. Some reports have come out. Not just reports. There were tweets... And uh, things from Sony saying we're about quality over price. Uh, that's what we want to think about right now. That is code for expensive. Oh, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be real expensive. Um, last time they were they, they talked about bullshit like that, that was the PS3. Remember how that turned out? Remember how they had to turn everything around, the, the ass end of the generation, and figure it out? Man, the PS3, the PS3 didn't just get helped by its exclusive that they kind of lucked into. 
because no one knew that those were coming, that they were going to be that big of a deal, that Naughty Dog was going to take that turn and go crazy. Um, That resistance was going to catch on the way it did. The PS3 was not doing well, but it was a Blu-ray player, and I got help from the fact that it was cheaper than a lot of Blu-ray players. A lot of Blu-ray players at the time were $500 by themselves. So when they did that price cut, and you get a Blu-ray player plus a freaking, you know, um, a game console and everything else. Hell yeah, I buy the PS, PS3. The PS5 doesn't seem to have any of that going for it. I don't know if they'll be able to turn it around like that unless they're just hitting it with games. At, and if Xbox seriously undercuts them, which it seems, uh, there was a rumor slash report that came out that Xbox is basically willing to do whatever the hell they want to do. Or whatever the hell they have to do to undercut Sony. And uh, Phil Spencer basically said as much uh, before, saying they will, they will undercut Sony. Even talking about that price was not a factor for them. They w- did not care. People need to understand that Microsoft has fuck you money. They are a trillion dollar company. Um, they are one of the most profitable com- companies in America. They can bleed money for a very long time and still be okay. And still make a profit, by the way. That's how they're able to do a bunch of crazy cool things. Um, Like the Surface line. I don't believe it started turning a profit until recently. They've been taking hits on that for a very long time just to try to get into the whole mindshare. And Xbox is no different. They would have turned a profit with the 360 had a bunch of lawsuits not happened. Justifiable lawsuits, by the way but the whole red ring of death, but, you know, that didn't happen. Of course, we all know what happened with the Xbox One. But with this, that, this this could be their chance to finally do it. To finally do it. I mean, uh, they could take it. Sony doesn't have the ability to take a loss at first, or not a major loss. Microsoft does. And we got rumors coming out that the that they're going to have a second version that's going to be cheaper. And so we're saying an all-digital version. And I've heard conflicting reports on that, uh, that the, the Lockhart or the Series S. I don't think it's going to be a digital ver- straight digital version. Because what the PS5 is doing, from what we know, you got PS5, disk drive, PS5, digital. It's the exact same console. One has disk drive, one doesn't. But it's the same caliber console. The Lockhart... The things that we're hearing from this console, it does not sound anything, oops, hit my mic, anything close to being the same console-wise. It is a scaled-down console. So, I don't know if it would make sense for them to offer a scaled-down console that's digital-only as well. Um, they might offer a digital-only version of the Series X and the Series S, but they right now it, do, it doesn't seem to make sense to me because this thing is going to have less teraflops than the Xbox One X currently, but it's more optimized and there there's better chipsets and everything, so the games are going to run and look better and play better than they would on the Xbox One X. Unless you got that solid state drive and everything, but it doesn't have as many teraflops or as many. It doesn't it doesn't have a, take off all the big numbers that the Series X does, um, from what we know or what's in the rumor mill. So I don't think that's going to be digital don't only option. I really don't. Um, if it is, I'll be surprised, and I'm not going to be able to buy it, and that kind of sucks, because I would like to do that and try it out. Um, but 
with this second one, the rumor is that Microsoft is going to the second console is going to be half the price. We don't know how what Sony's going to be, um, but from what everyone's figuring, since it's the exact same console, one just has a disc drive, one doesn't, that the digital one will be cheaper. How much cheaper? We don't know. The price of a disc drive, of a 4K Blu-ray disc drive, I mean, $50, $100 max. Microsoft is willing to be half, half the price, so... Some reports are saying that the Series X is only going to be $400. If the Series X is only $400, I'm buying that thing. I might get I might get the Series S first, if that thing is real. Try it out and then get the X uh, to, to compare. Get an unboxing video and some shit out of that. Maybe a review. Um, but if the Series X is $400, it's going to kick the absolute jack shit out of PS5. It's just cheaper. It's just cheaper. By quite a large large margin, it's either going to be it, it it and it's going to have a disc drive and everything else, and it's going to be more powerful, and it's going to be fifty to a hundred dollars cheaper from the rumors of what the PS Five price is going to be. Hell, if the PS Five is five hundred dollars and its digital edition is fifty dollars less, the straight up Xbox Series X will be fifty dollars cheaper than the cheapest PlayStation product. That'll do it. That'll absolutely do it. And then if they also have another SKU, and it's like, oh, and you want the cheaper option? Well, we have one that costs $200. They're, they win. Just numbers, yeah. People people forget the Wii. The Wii... I keep hitting my mic, sorry. The Wii was not a powerhouse in terms of graphics. It looked awful. Um, and in terms of games, the first-party stuff was excellent for a time, and then I kind of forgot about it. Third-party stuff, it's real hit and miss. Most of it was shovelware. There wasn't a lot of reason, or there weren't a lot of reasons to actually own a Wii. If we want to talk about exclusives and everything, like Sony does all that, there wasn't a lot of reasons. You now there were there were great exclusives, some amazing exclusives on the Wii. I'm not, I'm not gonna say there weren't. Some of the greatest games ever made. You get two Mario Galaxies on that son of a bitch. You got two Zeldas, though. One of them's playable, playable on the GameCube. You have reasons. You have a Metroid Prime and then the whole Metroid Prime trilogy on that thing. Oh my god. It, it There are great games. There are reasons to own that console. But, people forget why people bought it. And it wasn't just the most controls. That was a big seller. It was, it was absolutely a big seller, a selling point. But if it had been motion controls with subpar graphics and it cost the same as the Xbox or, God forbid, the PS5, it would not have sold as well. It may, in the end, have still been the number one of that generation, but it would not have taken the world by storm like it did. But when it came out, it was $250. That was $50 cheaper than the Xbox and what, $250 than the cheapest PS3? Game over. Plus it was a Nintendo console. Now look at the Switch. They got two different SKUs of this damn thing, and it's it just won't stop selling. And the most expensive version of it is th- uh, yeah, it's $300, if you can find it. So people are buying those a lot in the pandemic right now. And that's another thing we have to figure out. We're in a pandemic. People have a, a lower income than they're used to. Uh, when we get to December, November, whenever, that's going to be a factor. And they're going to look at the cheapest option, and I guarantee the Switch is going to sell more 
Um, and the P- Xbox and PS4 are selling well uh, right now because people are looking for things to do while at home and escapism and shit. But the Switch is selling better than all of them because it's cheaper and it's also got a cool gimmick. But that 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 cheapness matters. It matters a lot. It also hel- it helps that the Nintendo Switch is an amazing console. Just fucking amazing. It, it's it's so great. But the PS4 has a bunch of gr- amazing exclusives as well. And the Xbox... X, I mean, I love my Xbox One. It's a third-party machine, and it's got good first-party stuff. It, it's, it's great. It's no, nowhere near being anywhere close to the PS5 in terms of first-party stuff, but it's... It's it gets good. I love it. I love my Xbox. That was the first that was the first console I got of this generation was the Xbox, and I I've lo- always loved it. I've bought it four different times because I had an original, I had an S, I had an Xbox One X, and I had to sell that, and then I got an S again. I bought that system four different times, and I've loved it ever since. I bought the PS4 twice, but the Switch is magical. But you combine that magic plus first party games. Really good first-party games, which Nintendo's all always has, plus a price point. You're you're cooking with gas. Xbox can hit that and hit that number. Can hit the uh, lower, the uh, lower cost. I cannot talk today. The games are going to be a little iffy. Halo Infinite, I think, is going to be great. I love Halo. I, I hope it's great. It's what else do they got? Okay, they got Hellblade Two. What else do they got? When are these games coming out? We don't know. We're going to find out in July. When in July, we don't know. Hell, it could be July 1st. And they're like, what's up, fuckers? We don't know. We don't know. But we're going to find out. But if they put out the console that has that it gives you better graphics, and it's the most powerful console on the market, and it's $100 cheaper than the competition, people are going to be like, why the fuck would I get that right now? Later, when they come out with a slim version that's not but ugly... And it's cheaper, and then I can play all those exclusives. But right now, why, why the hell, when I don't have a lot of money to spend, why would I do that? Why not get the cheaper one, the $400 one? Or hell, why not get the one that may be $200? My theory is, is we're not going to have two Xboxes. We're going to have at least three. Everyone's like, whoa, what do you mean three? Okay, xCloud's a thing, and it's great, and kick Stadia's ass. It's just good. But you can't play it on TV yet. Now, you could... Uh, play it through uh, on your TV once they open it up and it's through the Xbox. But what if you don't want to have to buy an Xbox to play through xCloud? There's been rumors and people and think pieces and all kinds of shit talking about what if they just put out an HDMI dongle, like a Google Chrome device, some kind or, or a small Android box, basically. It's an Xbox. And... It play it plays everything through um, XCloud. That would be amazing. How much does it cost? It could cost a hundred dollars. But it's but that is digital only, and they can do that digital only bullshit because they have XCloud. Sony has nothing close. They got their weird streaming service that's not good. It it it's, it is not good. It's serviceable. Compared to xCloud, it's terrible. xCloud is crazy how well it works. Um, although, Sony's... Uh, what do you call it? The 
oh man, I forgot what you call it, but you could you could stream stuff to your phone, now your phone, your iPad or whatever. But before it was like your Vita, that they were pretty revolutionary on that because other than some stuff on the PC, no one else was doing that, and that was freaking awesome. And they've kind of forgotten about it now. And Xbox has they are they ha- that same idea is there, but I haven't tested that. I haven't tested to see how well it works, but I have tested XCloud. And if it wasn't for AT&T being a bitch, I would play it all the time. But AT&T hates me. Um, but they're getting slammed because of the virus as well. But if they put out three of these, one's $100, one's $200, or $250, and the other one is $400, and it's like, there's the Xbox. Choose. Versus... The PS5, and I think it's a no-brainer, and I still think the Switch is going to kill all of them. The Switch is the Switch is nuts, and if Nintendo puts out a more powerful system, the Switch 2, the Super Switch, whatever the, the Switch Pro, whatever whatever they're going to call it, um, I, I think we shouldn't be paying attention to the top two because Nintendo is going to run away with it because the Switch is a phenomenon, and I cannot wait for the upgraded version, whatever it happens to be. Uh, I, I really can't. I, I would even take one that is. <laughs> This would kind of suck, but if it was just... I don't know if they have one that you can't undock. That wouldn't make any damn sense. But they did make one that you can't dock, so whatever. But it, it would be a just a, a beast. They could do that. In order to get games running, running at their minimum or even medium settings. Um, that, would, that would be worth it. If you could take them on the go. Absolutely. It wouldn't be worth it if it's just a set-top box. And it's like, why would I, why would I want this versus... Uh, Everything else, but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of it, it, it. This is this is Xboxes to lose here because they, they if they fuck in terms of second place because I think Nintendo's gonna run away with it. Nintendo just hasn't stopped making money, uh, but if <laughs> and they could fuck up, they could fuck up real bad. And speaking of Microsoft, they shut down Mixer out of nowhere. Uh, a bunch of allegations and accusations came out uh, about a bunch of streamers, YouTubers, and stuff. But Mixer got thrown under the bus real hard because it not, turn, not, not only turns out that a lot of their partners or a lot of their big guys turned out to be pieces of shit, but it turns out their higher-ups were racist, evil pieces of shit, uh, like their main boss comparing the, their partners to slaves and them being a slave owner, to which caused their like one and only black employee to freak the fuck out and get mad and tried to actually do something about it to only get shut down, which caused them to leave. Then they put up a whole thing on Twitter about what happened years ago, and um, Phil Spencer saw it, oddly enough, and goes, I did not know this. I would like to investigate. Can we talk? That was yesterday, and then today it's like, Mixer's done. The two events are probably not related. Um, Xbox and Microsoft are two different things, but they do work together, and Phil has a lot of pull. I doubt he went because of the racist go, but uh, this, with this deal with, with Facebook, which I can't fucking believe, this has been in the works for a while. But it was surprising because, like I said earlier, Microsoft can bleed money and it, they be f- with a bunch of projects and be fine because they're just so profitable. Mixer's interesting because the viewer side stuff, I think, is better than any streaming platform out there. It was the streamer side stuff where things got weird. It wasn't as easy to use. Uh, Look-wise, I thought it was better than Twitch. I think the actual overall look for a viewer is better. The interactivity between streamer and its aud- and their audience is is bar none, unlike anything else. But it, 
it didn't do well, not because the idea was bad or that no one can do as well as Twitch or be a second place. No. Didn't do well because, from what we're finding out, the higher-ups suck. The people actually running Mixer were terrible. They didn't care. They were just greedy bastards. And it just it just blew up. Or imploded. It just it just was not working. They could have been as big as Twitch. Um, if they wanted to and didn't. And that hurts. And, and I'm, I feel bad for the streamers who are losing. And the content creators who are basically losing their livelihoods for a little bit. I hope they all can recover. But switching to platforms, even when... Switching platforms, even when the platform used to be on it is gone, is still difficult. There's a lot of drop-off there. Plus, they're not all partners, and they have to re- they have to apply for partnerships if they're going to Twitch or whatever. It's just, it is a shitty situation. And they didn't notify anybody. They just dropped it on Twitter. It's like, what the fuck, Mixer? It's a shit show. Really shows that the, the higher-ups there at Mixer are terrible people. Um... And the Facebook deal is odd. Very odd. I understand they probably couldn't do something on Twitch, Amazon, and Microsoft don't seem too friendly with each other. Not because Amazon's getting in the game space, but because Amazon... The way Amazon makes money is not through its store. That's how people think. It makes money through that, don't get me wrong. But they have a cloud infrastructure and a data bank network. AWS, that just brings in money like nobody's business. They data share. That's all they're about. And that makes all kinds of money. Well, it's kind of a rival to Microsoft's thing, which is xCloud and um, Azure. Azure, I I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, And they probably wouldn't work too well together. But who knows? They also, they jumped on Sony and were like, we're going to make your cloud infrastructure. So it's possible. But I understand that. What I don't understand is Facebook. I don't understand that. I get the partnership if... if I get the money thing, because apparently Facebook was offering just crazy-ass money. But Facebook is not going to rival Twitch at all. And you can't trust Facebook's numbers. Remember Facebook video and how a bunch of people left to go join that because the numbers they were getting there were, were unrivaled? And then we found out it was all a lie? And then a bunch of channels of content creators dis-a-fucking-peered because they weren't making any money because Facebook artificially inflated their numbers. Turns out nobody was watching those videos. Yeah. Fuck Facebook. So I, I, and Facebook gaming, same thing. It's the same people. I don't trust them on that. I also don't trust them because Facebook is evil and I don't trust them because Facebook gaming is by far the worst streaming platform out there. It is awful. Just awful. It's terrible. It's terrible to stream through. It's terrible to watch. I don't know which one's worse. It's bad. At least Mixer was good to was actually audience friendly. The game, Facebook gaming's terrible. It's the it's terrible. And YouTube's gotten real bad too. YouTube used to be pretty good, and then they just forgot how to do. YouTube's forgotten how to be good at a lot of shit. I, I honestly don't know how they're still viable but it it is it should not be that hard to figure this shit out i understand it it, it, you're not gonna be as big as twitch it's not gonna do it at least not immediately mixer could have gone somewhere if the people running it cared and they just didn't care they didn't care 
Um, and, and that's terrible. I mean, I mean, look at what Xbox has been able to do. They had a rough generation, and they put people in charge who cared about the product, who cared about the brand, and they revolutionized it and turned it into an Xbox that we've never seen before and an Xbox that I love. I've always been an Xbox fan, but damn it, Xbox is doing some crazy shit. And I'm, I'm so happy. I, I don't want to see companies fail. Not crying over corporations or anything like that, but it's just, especially in the world of video games, I don't want to see, you don't want monopolies, you know, and um, competition is always good, and I don't want to see these big companies fail. And uh, Xbox didn't deserve to fail, and they put people in charge that care about it, and Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer seems like a genuine, a genuine guy, and he has just, he's changed the entire face of Xbox. And I'm so happy. And I can't wait to see what's going on this generation. As for Sony, I, I, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm, I'm, I've always been, for this new generation, I have been very apprehensive. Not apprehensive. Very cautious about Sony. Because I'm like, I don't like the arrogance. I don't I like them thinking they can just win by showing up because they're Sony and they got the biggest dick. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Because when you do that... You fuck up real bad. What also I don't like about it is is I'm starting to see that I'm right. Sony being real arrogant and thinking that they're... I mean, one, the price thing. Yeah, that's showing some arrogance. Until we see the real price. Maybe I'll be surprised they're getting rid of a bunch of people kind of in secret. That doesn't bode well. The whole uh, design of the damn thing, they looked so sure of that, that everybody was going to love it, and that's not what happened. They seem really far up their own ass, and that can kill you. And I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. But enough of my feelings on the PS5 being ugly as sin. Let's talk about... Pokemon Snap, which got revealed. I didn't even know there was going to be like a Pokemon Direct or anything. It kind of came out of nowhere and I saw it on Twitter. Pokemon Snap trailer. And I, I, I cannot believe they're finally making a sequel. I thought they were just they were just never going to go back to it. They just... I mean, they have all the systems Nintendo's put out that had rear and front facing cameras. Nothing. And now we have the one system that doesn't have anything. It's like, yeah, Pokemon Snap, let's do it. Granted, it's, Switch is still mobile, but I put, fuck, I thought they were going to put one on the phone, but no, I mean, it confuses me that that didn't happen, but I'm happy because I've missed Pokemon Snap, man. It, it, another perplexing thing is it's beautiful. Why is that perplexing? Because uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield is not, Pokemon Sword and Shield is not good looking at all. It's art design isn't bad, but it, the game does not look good. It's very jaggy. It's very low resolution. It, it, I had frame stutters in the in the turn-based combat, which is weird. It's just not a very appealing game. It it, it, it didn't well, it didn't appeal to me in a lot of a lot of ways. I I never completed it. It's just this game looks beautiful, and one of the things that tips you off is the water. Now, granted, if it is. If it follows the same format as the first game, which is completely on rails, 
then it's a little bit easier to make stuff very, very high detail and pretty. But if it's not, if there's if there's more to it than that, uh, then while well, Sword and Shield just had no excuse, did they? This is this is crazy. I'm very excited for Pokemon Snap. I cannot believe that that got announced or that Skate Four got announced. We're we're getting another skate game, which I never played any of the skate games, but I've been around to know how big of a deal they are to people and. People have been clamoring for Skate 4 for a very long time, and that was another thing I never thought was going to happen, and now it's happening. It's like, holy shit, okay. We're getting another Skate, and we're getting Pokemon Snap. <laughs> That's it's kind of nuts. <sighs> I mean, yeah. What's the other thing? News. News. Oh, yeah, Last of Us 2 came out. <laughs> And I'm playing the shit out of it. Doing a current city, a current city, a current series on my channel, The Autistic Cowboy. Playing through it. I got three videos up right now. That game is amazing. I'm two hours, 41 minutes in, according to the game clock. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what it says. I've got four videos recorded. Uh, so far, three of them are up. That game is amazing, and I don't understand how people don't like it. Then again, uh, I've heard some of the problems coming the halfway point of the game or towards the end or, or whatever. I haven't gotten there yet, so maybe it shits the bed. I doubt it. Because a lot of the complaints I'm hearing are the same complaints I heard about the first game. And I don't find any of those complaints legitimate. Like, legitimately don't. I don't find them legitimate. I, I don't understand the gameplay thing. Oh, it's hard to shoot. That's the point. Do you not... It, it's not supposed to be a third-person shooter. It's not supposed to be easy to shoot. If you made it... One, shooting in real life is not easy. Killing someone actually kind of is easy with a gun. If It's probably easier to kill someone with a gun if you don't know what you're doing. Because um, you do it by accident. But actually... Shooting at a standstill at a target at a standstill... is difficult if you've never done it before. Shooting a movie ta moving target, incredibly difficult. Shooting a moving target while you're moving, even more difficult. Now, add to that, there's multiple targets, and they're chasing you. It's going to be difficult. And these guys are not trained soldiers. These guys are not, um, they're not supermen. It's not doom. It doesn't make sense for them to be good, to be good shots. And I've always liked the gunplay in The Last of Us. Uh, I mean, it ha it did have good it did have good gameplay. Now, not all of it was good, like the weird puzzle sections, if you can call them that. Let's move this crate here to here. Yeah, that that was never that great. But the, the actual melee or not melee? There was yeah, there was melee in there. All the sneaking and the stealth I loved. It felt great. It was visceral. You had to be very careful about what you did because it could backfire and you could die very easily. The game is hard. It's supposed to be hard. Um, there is an auto-aim feature in The Last of Us 2. And I don't have it turned on because I, I think it's, it's turned off automatically. And I think if you just snap to targets and just shoot them, I think that makes it too easy. Takes out a lot of the tension. Now granted, it's an ex I don't think it shouldn't be there. It should be there any options that make it easier for the players. Accessibility options, things like that, are, are great. Um, but if you don't need it, then I, I don't think it uh, it's necessary because I think 
also, my thoughts on the on the gameplay. One, the melee combat's great, and the dodge adds a whole another new level to the to that gameplay. And you dodge just right, and you hit in your melee. You can fuck the infected up. And um, there's a character that's actually really, really good with punching, and it, it's it's man, it, it feels so good. And the shooting feels better than the first game. And uh, yeah, I've missed a lot of shots, and I've gotten angry, but it was because I missed those shots. Shots that I shouldn't have taken. Had very limited ammo. There's limited resources. You gotta ever make every shot count. And if you get scared in the chaos, you're going to miss every shot. That's the point. Also, you shouldn't be overwhelmed like that, um, unless it's like a scripted moment or something, like, or something like that. It, it, these moments, if you're getting swarmed outside of a scripted moment, it's your fault. You're not supposed to get swarmed. It's supposed to be stealthy. It, you're supposed to be smart about it. There's multiple characters that tell you time and time again, be smart about it. And if you don't, you'll die. You will straight up die. I don't get people's complaints with that. Just because you can't play it how you want to play it. Now granted, you kind of can. There are options to make it like that, but that's not that's not the point. The gameplay is good. The, the combat is good. It's always been good. And you know how good it is in the original Last of Us? It's so good that they built a whole multiplayer around it. That is fantastic. It's one of the best multiplayer modes I've ever, I've ever played. It is brutal. Um, it, it And I, I wish it was back for the sequel. I really do. Um, I understand why it's not there. I wish Naughty Dog would have a separate team make a a multiplayer only DLC or game with that with those mechanics cuz that multiplayer in the first last of us is so good man also some facebook integration was the first time i ever saw facebook integration be good in a game cuz it would name the people you would lose people that killed in the matches or that you would lose if you're, because you're every the reason you're playing matches in that multiplayer is to build up your camp, and to build up your group of survivors and whatever. And if you lose matches, you lose survivors, you lose resources and whatever. And it will tell you real people's names, people that you know, like in your friends list and stuff that they died. So it gives it a little bit more weight. It's kind of freaky, and I thought that was I was that was done really well. But so far, the game is fantastic. I don't understand. At least from what I've played, how anyone could dislike it. I I could understand coming away with a bad feeling. Because the first game gave me a bad feeling. I loved it. I didn't agree with Joel's choice. But that's because it wasn't my choice. It was Joel's choice. There's a thing where people are thinking the game is mad at them. It's trying to make them feel bad. That both games are trying to do this, and that's not what the game's trying to do. Characters talking to Ellie, saying you should feel bad for doing this, are not talking to you. They're talking to Ellie. That's how the story works. There are games where it is a commentary on the player. This is not one of those. So far that I've seen. Spec Ops The, Spec Ops the Line kind of does that. Uh, kind of does both. Uh, it's, it's a story about... The characters. In a movie, when a character does something bad and they get fucked up and they fuck up and they get yelled at, 
is it is it is that character yelling at you no you never take it that way you would it's them yelling at the character of course they are unless they're directly looking into the camera and yelling at the audience that that's I, I don't get it same thing in a book or TV show anything video games can be the same way what makes video games so interesting is their interactivity and the fact that you can't just make something that's just a basic game you can make something that has the player involved or you can make something that is just an interactive story and the last of us is an interactive story um a very interactive story you still shoot you still make choices in the gameplay you still play out the story it's not a walking simulator it's not a visual novel you're still doing all that but the story that's being told is not you you are not ellie is not an insert character ellie's not master chief of course hell master chief kind of isn't that anymore it's not nameless character that's supposed to be your player insert character. No, it's not. She's not. Joel is not. They're just the characters in the story. And you're experiencing the story through a different way. You're playing through it instead of just watching it or reading it. And I don't know why that is so hard for people to understand. Now, if they have actual gripes with the story itself, then that's fine. People like what they like. I have yet to come across bad writing. There is no bad writing in my opinion, in the first game. And a lot of people who talk about bad writing don't know what bad writing is, and what it turns out they're actually complaining about is taste, which you cannot account for. You're going to like certain stuff, you're going to hate certain stuff. When we turn about actual, talking about actual writing, um, try to get as objective as possible, which is the point of review, break it down academically, The Last of Us is one of the best stories told. What's the setup? The setup is very simple. It's very mundane. It's very, uh, or not mundane, it's very uh, generic. We've seen the zombie story. This one's a little bit different. It's not about the setting. Um, you use that as a backdrop. The best stories about that, about zombies or anything, use it as a backdrop. It's about the characters and how they get through it. It's about following them and how they get through this horrible thing that's happened. George Romero who started this whole zombie thing, the reason Night of the Living Dead is so good is because he did exactly that, and he did it with his first freaking zombie movie. It's not about the zombies. What do the zombies represent? Uh, at that time, they represented... I believe they represented the Cold War, the, the ever-present fear of nuclear annihilation. It just kept building and building and building. It wouldn't stop. It was slowly approaching. There was also themes of racism... Misogyny and all of that. The main character in that movie is a black man who ends up dying at the end despite not being infected. And the guys who kill him kind of don't care if he was a zombie or not. It's like, oh, we'll just be on the safe side. But you know why they shot him. And it wasn't because he was a zombie. Those are the best stories. The best zombie stories. The best stories, period, if they use this, and now zombies, generic. But even at the time when it was novel, it wasn't... He didn't just use, oh man, cool zombie shit. And he was totally fine with cool zombie shit, but he always used it to tell more. The conflict, which the zombies, that's the conflict, or your base conflict, is used to build upon the characters. Because if it's just conflict and nothing else, then there's nothing. It's not that exciting. You can get some fun out of it. That's where video games are interesting, is because you can have something that's bare bones terms of like a story and still get a great game out of it uh, because it's just playing. Now, if you're sitting there 
playing a game. Like, say World War Z. World War Z is not, as from what I've seen, is not a, it could have anything, a story achievement in terms of the video game. The book is great. The movie, surprisingly great. Has nothing to do with the book, but it's surprisingly great. The game, which has nothing to do with either, though it seems to take heavy influence from the movie, uh, is just straight up multiplayer. And you survive, or co-op, and you surviving zombies. And it's fantastic. It is absolutely 100% fantastic. And uh, that can work with video games. But a movie? It would be real hard. It's just pure survival. Unless that's the point, and you have to do it and, and show it. There, there are ways to do it, but it can't just be these guys surviving. Oh man, look how they survived. Unless how they survive is compelling. Unless it's just an action movie or this or that. You have to show how they survive. Not just, oh man, these guys did some shit. And then you get a very mediocre, bare-bones movie. But games can do that. Games can go in any direction. The Last of Us goes in the more narrative direction. People can say cinematic. Not really. It's narrative. They're trying to tell a story. Mario isn't. Mario's trying to get you to play a game. Both are art. Um, actually, we want to use straight-up art, paintings. You can see this a lot. Not every painting is the same. Not every painting has the same way it's painted. It uses the same type of paint. Or even is done to describe the same thing in the same ways. They're all different. You have some that's like, it's a dot on a page. That's art, and it means this, and it means whatever you need it to be. Or then you have this that's a portrait of a person. They're both paintings. Both are incredibly different and mean different things and are four different things. They're both still paintings. A game like the Mario Brothers, and there still can be Mario games, and there are Mario games with great stories. Thousand Year Door, go play it. Oh, that new Paper Mario, please be good. Um, those are not for that. Though they're not bare bones either. They're incredibly, incredibly... Um, uh, filled with a brim of all kinds of content. Super Mario Odyssey is amazing. My favorite platformer. Um, I haven't played Tropical Freeze. I hear it's like the best platformer ever made. I just haven't had the ability to play it. I probably will. But those are different types of games. Those are more games. It's the game part that I think people get hung up on. But while we're still playing The Last of Us or other games like it, the point is to tell a story. Gameplay does matter, just as in film, shot com uh, composition and everything still matter. But you, the point is a, a short uh, is a story. In this, and it's telling an amazing story. And video games can tell a story better than any movie, book, anything else. They're the best storytelling medium we have available. And the reason is that interactivity. With movies, with anything where there's a degree of separation, you have to, if you want the audience to feel something, you really got to hit them hard. And The Last of Us hits you fucking hard. But you got to hit them hard and you got to show so many different things and do so many different things to get them to, to feel something. Whether that is good, bad, happy, sad, anything. Because there's that degree of separation because these are not things happening to the audience. In a video game... That degree, those degrees separate. There, there are less degrees of separation, because you're not witnessing something second or third, fourth hand like in a movie or a book. 
you're witnessing it as it happens because you're the one controlling it. Even if it's your, not your story, you're still controlling it. So the actions the character do, does are also your actions. But in The Last of Us, when it's criticizing those actions, it's not criticizing your actions. It's not saying that the player is evil or bad or any of that. There are games that do that. It's saying that Ellie is. Because the reason the player has to do that is because of Ellie's story. That's the point. And people miss that. Whether you like that or not, I can't tell you. And whether it's done well, I can't tell you because I haven't gotten there yet from what I've seen so far. It's amazing. I just don't get it. The, the disconnect. It's the greatest storytelling medium that we've ever had, and people seem to completely miss it. To be able to tell a story to get you to sympathize, empathize with characters and stories quickly, since that separation is gone, and you've actually done something, and the people that die, you have, you have traveled with them physically, or almost physically, in the game. So instead of it being a story, it's like, man, remember how we did this and this and this? Instead of having to be this and tell you a bunch of shit that happened, they don't have to do that. Instead of telling you or showing you about how we walk together in the forest, in a video game, you walk together in the forest. So these become more impactful. So some of those criticisms is that, well, even the greatest video game story is lesser than the, than the worst movie story. Uh, those people are full of shit, and that's not how writing works. But the reason video games can have stories that seem less in-depth is because they're more in-depth. You don't have to put as much into them writing-wise because of the interactivity. Same thing that a book has more in it than a movie. Because a book has to tell you what you're seeing. A movie just shows you. A movie doesn't have to tell you what you're seeing. You just see it. A video game... You don't have to be shown what you are shown and thing, but you you experience it. You actually do the things. It, you're not just being shown people dying or people being killed or characters killing. You're doing the killing. You're dodging the bullets. You're doing all this so you get that camaraderie. Uh, like in Endgame, in Infinity War, the reason the things in those movies were so impactful was because we had spent years with these characters. And more so if you're a fan of the comics, right? And then when the, all the big reveals and everything and the horrible shit happens, it hurts because it's like, man, I, I, we've been with these people for a decade. And they're gone. And it's just, it has that emotional resonance. But it took 10 years to do that through multiple movies. But a video game can do that in one video game because they can be 30, 40 hours long. Book has a similar, oops, a book can do a similar thing as well. And because of the length. But since they, since a lot of it relies on your imagination and interpretation, it can be lost. Whereas in a video game, you, you get everything. You get the length of a book. You get the visuals of a movie, of TV, of paintings, all that. And you can put it all together along with the interactivity that no other medium has. That's why I love video games so much. But with The Last of Us... Part two, I um now I haven't gotten to the end of it. I haven't gotten to any of this. I've got I'm two hours forty one minutes in. I will be shocked if I don't like it by the end of it. Right now it's a ten out of ten. It is the best game of, of this year. There is no game that comes close to it. 
There is no game that comes close of last year that comes close to it, except Outer Wilds, because Outer Wilds is one of the best experiences I've ever had. And and art. Period. Period. There is no experience like it. And I'm kind of tearing up thinking about it because that game got me hard like nothing else. That thing, when I finally figured out what was going on, it was like my world fell apart. (laughs) That damn game. Oh, man. I hope that comes to the Switch. That would be a very good Switch game, and I'll, I'll play it again. I'll play it again. It's on Game Pass. Get it on Game Pass. Um, if you have an Xbox console, and I think it's available on the PC version of Game Pass as well. So it's free. It will not free. You pay the subscription, but it's there. Play Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds is amazing. It's kind of tough to figure out what's going on. And if you play it and you can't figure out what's going on, try your damnedest to figure it out by yourself. If you can't, and there's no shame in that, look up a guide. Only look up what you need. And once you figure that thing out, don't look at anything else. Go on, try to figure out the rest by yourself. You don't want to spoil your... You do not want to spoil yourself. Spoil yourself on that game. It's amazing. Um, And it should have won Game of the Year. Played Death Stranding. Loved Death Stranding. I loved Death Stranding. Um, And I was rooting for it for Game of the Year because out of the nominees, Sekiro deserved it. Uh, None of those uh, nominees didn't deserve it. Um... I'm not mad at Sekiro. It was a great game. It's finally from software. Gets some recognition in that regard. They looked very surprised and very happy. But Outer Wilds should have been nominated right there. And it didn't. And it should have won. Hands down. That game is amazing. But enough about that. Uh, I love The Last of Us Part 2. I, I think I'm going to continue to love it. And I think, I'm, I think it's going to be my favorite game. On the PlayStation 4. Once I finish it. Um. Goddamn, it it is it is crazy. I had a hard time getting into God of War, and I never finished it. And part of that is because I I sold my console and all that and all that bullshit that happened. Um, I'm gonna get it again, play it through it, but um, that could I could overtake it because everybody loved it. Uh, I was rooting against it because I was rooting for Red Dead Redemption. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two, holy shit, that game's great. Um, but. But yeah, another game that's great that should have got nominated in 2019 for Game of the Year is Metro Exodus. Where the fuck was that? I finally uh, played it. I'm getting through my backlog because Gamefly is great. Get Gamefly. I am not sponsored by them. I wish I was, but I'll, I'll do it for free. Gamefly is an amazing service. Get games through the mail. Oh, the mail takes so long. Yeah, but $22 a month gets you two games. Two game can be brand new games. It's sixty dollars games right there. It's one hundred twenty dollars. Twenty two dollars a month. You could just play those same games forever, which is kind of what I'm doing. I'm sitting on a bunch of them. Holy shit! Um, and since my internet situation sucks, I got it. Put it in. It's available on Game Pass. Downloaded all of its content. Got the update, and then sent the disc back. Now I'm playing it through Game Pass. Metro Exodus is amazing. Like holy shit! Which I. I expected nothing less. Uh, the first two Metro games are also amazing. And they're on the Switch now, too. And uh, I got those ports on my queue. Can't wait to see how those do. Um, 
because I played Metro on the 360 and I played on the Xbox One. Uh, the Metro games are amazing. I hadn't played Exodus because I just didn't have the time or the ability to get it. Finally got it. It's incredible. It goes in a lot of different directions that I did not expect at all. I had no idea the direction it was going to take. I knew about the open world stuff, and it's called Exodus, so you're leaving and you're on a train. You know, I'd seen all that from the reviews and the trailers and stuff. I had no idea the story applications. Holy shit! If you're if you're a Metro fan, you haven't played it, play it. It's crazy. It's also incredibly fun. It is difficult, or it can be difficult. Um, it plays how Fallout games should play. It's it is how I want Fallout to be, and Fallout's not. And it looks better than any Fallout game. And it's just so damn good. Like, it, it's just so damn good. Uh, I'm playing it in English at the moment, but I switched it over to Russian just to see Russian with English subtitles. And it does seem to play better. Like, the story seems to play better. Um, when people are not doing Russian accents and the acting's a little bit weird in places in English. Um, I can't tell if it's like rushed or whatever, but then the sound mix is weird. Um, so it's a little odd, but in Russian with English subtitles, though it's a little bit hard for me to having to read and then look up because of the interactivity and I'm trying to concentrate on what's going on in the game so, and I can't just rely on my ears, but I tried it out and it, it is better in Russian and it sounds better and it, you know, more authentic and that's really, really cool, really cool. Um, not that the English voice acting is bad, it's just... There's a lot of there's some weird cuts. Seems seems odd though. After the patch, it kind of went away. It seems seems better now. But yeah, Metro Exodus is great. I can't. I don't. I don't know why that didn't get nominated for Game of the Year. I, I don't. Metro Exodus is amazing. Um, graphics wise, story wise, so far, it's also not as long as I thought it was going to be. It's only about 14 to 18 hours long, which is a pretty long game. But hell, Last of Us Part Two is like. 20 to 30 hours long, and I'm still playing through Final Fantasy VII, which is also an amazing game. It really seems to me that the end of this year in 2020, even though it seems to be a bit of a uh, a light year because of the pandemic, that the, there, there's more heavy hitters this year than it was in 2019. Straight up. And uh, the, the fight is going to be between Last of Us and Final Fantasy. Because I don't know, Cyberpunk's coming out this year. It's very possible. Now, they could have just delayed it to get with those next-gen consoles, but it's very possible that they delay that son of a bitch to 2021. I mean, didn't The Witcher 3 get delayed like four or five times? And The Witcher 3 is great. But even if it does come out this year, I don't know if it's going to beat Last of Us Part Two or Final Fantasy VII because I don't know... No, it could. It could have one of the best-written stories ever, period. I, I don't know. The Witcher 3 is wonderfully written. So it's not like they can't. It's just I don't know if the Cyberpunk game is going to have the emotional resonance of The Last of Us or Final Fantasy VII. Because those games are just hitting hard. And are both written very well. And Final Fantasy's got the whole nostalgia factor on its side. And the whole, we're doing a whole new thing now. But yeah, it, it, it's incredible. That's what I'm playing through right now. And uh, Oh yeah, Yakuza 7's coming out soon. Ooh, that's going to be fun. But yeah, we're about at an hour. That seems fine. But, uh, yeah. Oh, there's supposed to be another Pokemon thing this week. When that happens, I'll probably talk about it.
or whatever, trying to make these more consistent, but with work and life and everything, it's hard, but I'm getting, I'm getting them done, uh, still doing the videos and everything else, so check out the channel over at the Autistic Cowboy, um, I don't think I'm streaming anymore just because the internet is too damn inconsistent, uh, AT&T is just fucking me, and I, it, it's just because of where I live, and there's nothing that can be done about it. Uh, but other than that, we're still uploading to the channel, still making videos. Um, so go over there and check us out. Other, other than that, stay tuned for more episodes here, here on Spectrum Talk. And I will see all of y'all in the next one.